Hello, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a chat with another pet professional about how they've used their expertise to manage the relationships between their own pets. Our guest today is Tori Ganino. She is a certified behavior consultant with the IAABC and a certified professional dog trainer. She holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and owns Calling All Dogs in Batavia, New York. Did I say that right? Batavia. Batavia. Mm-hmm. Cool. They go both ways. Batavia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she specializes in helping owners of fearful and aggressive dogs gain control of the chaos and helping owners raise their puppies into well-mannered companions. Hi, Tori. I am so excited to talk with you. Thanks hey. so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to jump on and chat with you. Now, Tori has been doing a fair amount of cat-dog integration work in her own house uh, recently, so we have a lot to talk about on this episode. But before we dive into stories about your pets and their behavior, I want to do... Uh, what is now my famous <laughs> intro, which is to play a quick round of two truths and a lie about you so that we can all get to know you as a human a little bit. Sure. So yes. you have two truths and a lie, and I am going to hopefully get it right. I, I think you Ready? Might. Go. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I am afraid of snakes. I got my first dog at 12 years old, and I own seven fish tanks. All right. So seven is very specific. Afraid of snakes. I feel like you would have a snake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm so bad at this, Tori. Um, Okay. I'm going to go with uh, you got your first. You got your first dog at 12. That's the lie? That's the lie. It's not. I really did get my first dog at 12. (laughs) Which is a lot of people find surprising because I'm a dog professional. Um, I always had cats. I begged and begged Mm -hmm. for years for a puppy. And it wasn't until 12 that I got one. All right. So what's the lie? The lie. You want me to tell you it? I, I do. I, I do am not afraid of snakes. I don't own any, but I'm not afraid by any means. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn, I don't have snakes. Oh the only problem is the feeding of them. Um, that's just too difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Darn it. My gut was telling me, and I just... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's fine. I didn't get my first pet until I uh, graduated college. Actually, oh, wow. Because my dad's allergic. Yeah. Um, but now he loves my animals. Don't tell anyone. Yep. Okay. It wasn't it's until I, I grew up that I realized my, my mother's not a dog person. And that's why we didn't have a puppy when I was younger, younger. So it's weird that I ended up in this profession. Yeah. And she's you like, had, eh. you had to do the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, fine, whatever. You want to work with dogs? Okay. <laughs> so so you got your first dog at 12, huh? but let's fast forward a little bit. Well, you had 
cat then okay at 12 you had cat dog experience because you said you had cats yes so did you do anything in particular to integrate that puppy no um not at all into your household no you were just like here's a puppy no and how did the cat <laughs> I don't but not that I remember. They all just kind of hung mm-hmm. out. I honestly I don't looking back now of, of what I know, I would really love to just be a fly on the wall and see everything that was going on because I'm sure we didn't do it right. And I'm sure the cats are stressed at some point. Um, but it's nothing that really sticks out in my mind because it was just so long ago. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit here. So we have <laughs> your current cast of characters. Yeah. So tell me about the animals that you have in your house right now and kind of how they came to be with you. And yeah. we will Absolutely. delve into each of those. <laughs> so with the four that I currently have, um, Sai is my cat. He's been here the longest. He's around nine. Um Jeter came next. Jeter is a 12-year-old uh, terrier mix, and I got him about when he was nine. After that came Nimbus. He's uh, He came this year, well, this past year. Um, he's a 10-month-old kitten. And then we recently, five weeks ago, added in Fisher, who is our 13-week-old golden retriever puppy. So that is the cast. I And yeah, I do really have seven fish tanks. So there's been a lot of work with that and the cat <laughs> not bugging the fish. Aha. That would be something to to talk about as well with mm-hmm. your multi-species household, yeah. not just cats and dogs. Absolutely. So, okay. So Jeter came to Psy. Mm-hmm. And how did you that, that? was That was a while. That was a few years ago. Yeah, I, I originally... He's a terrier. Yeah, he's a terrier. <laughs> no problem with cats. Really wanted to be best friends with Cy. Um, and I thought... Mm-hmm. I, I went about the introductions properly. I had them separated out. Um, I didn't want to overwhelm Jeter in his new environment. So he went through a modified two-week shutdown. Um, because he came... He, mm-hmm. was, he was found on the streets and then... He went into um, a shelter, and then I got him. So I didn't want to just expose him to everything going on. Um, so it was a very slow process. Uh, I thought Sai would love him, and he didn't. So, and the mm. reason being was I was fostering dogs previously. He loved the previous foster dog, except for one chased him a few times and really scared him. So when they first got together, which was actually an accident, so I didn't realize Jeter was on my bed. He jumped up, came face to face with Jeter. I told Jeter to leave it. We had worked really hard on that. Didn't chase Sai. Sai just jumped down and, and wandered off. And I thought, disaster averted. Until I went to bed that night. And uh, I didn't realize he peed himself when he was up on the bed with us. So he was quite scared. Yeah. And we had to really, really mm-hmm. build up that relationship. And now they're best friends. How did you do that? So uh, we started out with a lot of management. So Jeter, actually the room I'm in now, my office, this, it became his room for a while. Um, and we had the baby gates up. If there, if I was not in the area to supervise, the door was closed. Anytime that door was open, the main office door, the baby gate was up. And I was doing, mm-hmm. I was working with both pets. 
I'd be working with Jeter on, it's called mat work. So he'd relax on his bed. He'd have a place to go to instead of chasing Cy. And then I also had to work on changing Cy's feelings about Jeter. So anytime Cy came up, even, even in the other room where you could see Jeter, I don't care how far away he was, it was raining special treats. So chicken, steak, stuff like that is what Cy was getting. And he only got that when he chose to see Jeter behind the safety of that gate. Yeah. Um, we then started integrating them more um, with Jeter on leash because I wanted to make sure I was still managing it. If that baby gate wasn't there, we were still working on our activities, but just in case he would try to chase him. Um, so he did not have the chance to practice that. And Cy wasn't getting into the point where he'd be scared. Um, and then over time, we slowly built it up, gave him a bit more freedom, and it took about a month, and then they became good friends uh, to the point where Jeter had eye surgeries, and Cy would snuggle with him afterwards. So, hmm. yeah. So, what's interesting is you know you used high value treats yes. for Cy whenever he was around Jeter, and I would expect that with such an acute stress response of like peeing himself that Mm -hmm. first time, I'm surprised that he would eat. Yeah. And the reason he would eat was because of the distance I was able to get. So with my, Mm -hmm. with the rooms, you have the office, you have the baby gate and you can see all the way into the bedroom. Um, And so he was Mm. all the way across the bedroom. And it was also, I was able to bring those stress levels down. Cy wasn't constantly exposed to Jeter. That door was closed. And right. anytime I took Jeter out to go potty, things like that, I moved Cy into another room where they wouldn't be passing each other. So it was mm-hmm. a really controlled um, environment to bring those stress levels down. And then I mm-hmm. split it up so he wasn't so close to Jeter where he would be too stressed and not feel the need to eat. Because he is, all my pets are very food motivated. And if they're not eating, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the big problem. Yeah, I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. People say, okay, well, I, you know, everyone says, oh, feed them on either side of the gate. Okay, there's, you know, lots of variations on that. But so many times I say, well, my cat won't eat. I'm like, well, yeah. there's, <laughs> we need yeah. to adjust other things. And we can um, accidentally but, yeah. place them too close together by putting that food right at that gate. So if Cy wanted to come right. and come up closer and investigate, great. He didn't have to. It was all on his terms. I didn't right. place a food, so he'd have to go a certain, you know, location. Yeah. Were you um, throwing the steak and whatever behind him? That's what I yeah. usually recommend. A lot of times. So yeah. if he came up to investigate a little bit closer, pr- I'd praise him like crazy. And I might throw a piece at him, but then the next piece was going behind him. So he could retreat away. And if he wanted to come up closer again, great. If he didn't, he'd still get a piece of steak way back wherever he was. But that movement was very helpful for him. Yeah, definitely. So if Jeter was the kind of guy to say, oh, look, I am going to chase, even if he were on leash or, you know, all of that stuff, is there... Uh, way you might have adjusted your plan? Yeah, I would go back in. I'd get some more distance because you have to consider the distance for Jeter to not feel the need to be so tempted to chase. But we also need the Mm -hmm. distance of how far away Cy needed to be to feel safe. Um, So 
I had to go as far away as I needed for whichever animal. So if Jeter did chase, um, I had to look at the situation. Was it because Cy was moving? Was it because we were too close? All the various factors and then prep him better while getting some more distance. So mm-hmm. teaching him not just to be on the mat and relax, but to look at, check back in with me when he saw Cy moving. That was another, that was a barrier that we came up against. Like, all right, we're not always going to be stationary. Moving's going to happen at some point. Right. So teaching him to do that, but also to um, just to do other things, play with toys in the presence of Cy. Great things happened. He was, mm-hmm. he was never disciplined. If he chased Cy, that was my fault. Um, if he got up, you know, on the right. leash to chase, it's just, my fault for not setting you both up to succeed. Let's get some more distance. Let's get some more foundation behaviors in and go from there. Right. Reassess. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So they became good friends huh? because you, you know, said, oh, my expectations were not met. Uh, <laughs> I need a, a different plan. Yes. Um, but you happened to know what to do, which yes. is yep. always excellent. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they started living together and everything was hunky-dory. And then you said, I'm going to add Nimbus. Mm-hmm. And the reason we added <laughs> How Nimbus, did and, and they were together for, gosh, Sai and Jita were together for a few years before we added Nimbus in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Once Jeter lost his eyes, he congenital defect he actually had to have his eyes removed he wasn't as mm-hmm. snuggly with Sai, and you could tell and he wouldn't like really play with Sai as much and you could tell Sai was just missing something like he, mm-hmm. he just he wanted we could tell he really kind of wanted a friend oh and your kitty's so right. cute <laughs> um so Sai <laughs> also does have cancer and um he's mm. lived longer than he was years longer than he was given so I was very, very careful of, all right, if we get a kitten or an adult cat, I didn't care which, what would be the best fit for him and making sure that the intros went properly. Because the last thing I wanted to do was stress out Cy, especially while having cancer. And the quality of life of all my pets right. is just so important to me. Um, so he, we actually got another cat for Cy. Um, and... We went to the local shelter and went in and I described the situation. I'm like, who do you think would be a good fit? Again, I don't care gender and I don't care age. Whatever you think would be the, the right fit for our situation. And um, we had a lot of information on the cats because they were being, most of them were being fostered. So we had a better idea of their personalities and the foster mom picked out the perfect one. Really did. We still had to do a lot of work. But picked out the perfect personality. So how would you describe Nimbus's personality? Nimbus, Nimbus is that's hard. Nimbus. <laughs> oh, he's he's not pushy. That was the big thing. So if one of the his other foster cats that he was with didn't want to play, he'd be like, All right, I'll go I'll go do this by myself. I'll go get into trouble over here. But he wasn't to the point where he was just pestering the other pet constantly and that was what made him really a good fit where as a lot of other kittens will be like nope i'm gonna keep playing with their tail i'm gonna keep doing this um he was very Mm -hmm. easily directed away um he was nervous and cautious of a lot of things but 
we also had a situation where we could foster his relationships and in the environment. So what kind, knowing what you did about him, what, how did you set up your house and how did you kind of plan for adding him in? We did it the same way as far as my office became his room. (laughs) Um, And for the first few days, I mean, we didn't see him very much. Um, He, he was hiding a lot just with the change, which was fine. Um, We really developed the bond with us. And then we actually, um, the first animal he was introduced to was Jeter. Um, And because Jeter just, he learned not to chase cats. He was completely indifferent. Um, He couldn't see him to chase him, but he knew he was there. Um, Right. And Jeter just came into the room and just lay down and just relaxed. And he let Nimbus come up and sniff him and he just, stood there and were laid down and just got love from us. So it was a really nice integration in with a calm pet in the house. Very short sessions, Mm -hmm. very short sessions. Um, What is, what does very short mean? Two minutes maximum. And lots of yummy treats. Uh Yeah. Your version of short might be different from. Exactly. Yeah. So be like, oh, they're only together for an hour. I'm like, that's way too long. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I did. We also did have the door closed, but Sai knew there was someone there on the other side of that door. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we had Sai downstairs so he couldn't be up at that door hissing and getting upset because I didn't want to start the relationship off that way. I mean, he did right. until I realized, all right, now we need to, we need to change this because he's a little fixated on that door. Let's do this instead. Um, and we set it up so he could... Um, do training setups without starting off on that stressed um, side because he was he was a little focused too focused on that door. Okay, so how did you adjust that? So we had him close down in, in the lower level of the house, mm-hmm. and he when he being side side being sorry side was closed down. When we did training setups, Jeter was also downstairs. Um, so I would bring Sai up. I did not have Cy on leash. I didn't feel the need to. Um, he was He's not the kind of cat that will run up to something and go after it to make it go away. So I wasn't concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Prior to their meeting, Nimbus was trained on a harness and a leash because I didn't want him mm-hmm. to overwhelm Cy. So we set it up with the baby gate, same way as with Jeter. We eventually had the door open and... The difference was Sai chose a lot higher areas to hang out with on to see Nimbus, um, but they both got their very, very special treats. Nimbus was being rewarded just for seeing Sai, and Sai was rewarded just for seeing Nimbus. And those sessions were like 30 seconds. Doors closed. You might open it again for another set and then go back downstairs. So that's how the, the intro started with those two. Okay. And so did that make, prevent Sai for being fi- not fixated on that door anymore? Yes, it did. How did you transition? We still, <laughs> still managed it. I didn't, until he just left the door alone. So I would let him upstairs. I reward him for not going up near that door. And eventually he just didn't care after a few days. Um, mm-hmm. My big stress was though, that I am not proficient in cat body language 
between two cats as far as what's normal, Mm. what's not. Um, So I did go on and I did a virtual private lesson with um, a cat behavior consultant because I can do the cat and dog intros and know the body language between the two, but not (laughs) enough between the structure and social structure between cats um, and those intros. Mm -hmm. So um, I did hire somebody on to help me out virtually while I introduced Nimbus and Sai downstairs together and really gave them more, uh, more of a chance to meet and be more free in the area. Um, And I'm so glad I did because when you have dogs, if dogs come nose to nose, you want to get that, you want to stop that immediately. It's not a, a good greeting. Cats, apparently it is. I had no idea. So I'm glad that I had that. Um, Nim- Nimbus being more of a nervous cat was one where I did have to remove him and give him a break for a few times um, because he was getting overwhelmed being around. Sigh. So making sure, and he was also unleashed too, um, Nimbus. Again, Sigh did not need it. Um. Again, short sessions, two, three minutes. He went away, came back out a little while later. And pretty quickly, they started liking each other and and playing. That was the big thing they played. And that's what I wanted really badly for Sai. So, like, playing, like, wrestling? Mm-hmm. Wrestling and chasing each other. Um, Sai no longer would run across the house randomly. Before, Nim- before Nimbus and after Jeter lost his sight, he would just randomly just run across his house to meow, and then run across the house again and meow, especially at night. Um, and mm-hmm. that has completely stopped because he has Nimbus to play with. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the I have extra energy zoomies. Yes, absolutely. And they <laughs> room each other, and it's just so sweet. So how there's always that question that I get, which is like, how do you go make that leap? It might be a tiny leap, but it's a leap Mm -hmm. from like these very regimented Mm -hmm. exposures to playing. Yeah. We, we, we did, it was a leap, but there were short leaps, I guess. (laughs) So those short exposures together, letting them kind of, interact more and more with each other in a calm manner and then looking for the signs of stress which i had to learn about for the mm-hmm. cats and if there were stress mm-hmm. signs we we split them up um and then mm-hmm. we started looking for the initiation and play um i rewarded alternate behavior so if Sai was walking around and then nimbus was walking around hey guys good job here's some treats for that you don't have to interact you don't have to overwhelm nimbus and Nimbus, you don't have to right. overwhelm Sai. Um, I slowed down on the rewarding as I started to see more excited body language and, and less and not really stress signs. It signs that they were initiating play or they're going, they're about yeah. to initiate play. Yeah. I, the way I like to think about it, some describe it to some clients is like, you're going to see that tip over once one or both of the animals mm-hmm. are starting to act trustworthy Yes, and the other, and they, <laughs> they are showing that they're capable of not being 
too much yes. for whichever animal is more stressed at the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Um, and that was, that was Sai. That was, Sai would self-handicap. He'd roll over and, and, and invite Nimbus to pounce on him. And, and it's pretty cool to see. But I also, I after those first sh- uh, short interactions, they weren't just out together all the time. Again, we built up the duration because, I don't know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push it too fast. You know, I didn't want to make it so yeah. they're like, all right, I'm sick of you now. Go away. I've had enough. Right. I want them to end with wanting more right. interaction with the other. And that's for any introductions I do. Always want to make sure they want more interaction. Yeah. So, all right. So now we have Jeter, who is kind of doing his own thing. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, and the two cats are buddies yep jeter just and- naturally became buddies with with nimbus just because he already had those foundations he didn't need to chase them he got his his needs out other ways mm-hmm. so good good group of three hanging out together then we had fisher we had a little three and then we said all right let's get this puppy yep yeah so you were this on a waiting list for a puppy i can't deal with this okay hold on one second yeah. my cat is using a scratcher <laughs> Enrichment. Yay. Okay. I did for enrichment for both cats was we put stuff on the walls, like climbs on the walls so they could get up high, get mm-hmm. up in different areas. They weren't just on the, like one or two levels. They had various um, places to climb up and play and relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just came up with a way to explain. So when I'm talking about like wall shelves, like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll put something like a ledge, which is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of longer and multiple cats could be on there versus like a lily pad where it's like, yeah, <laughs> the cats are going <laughs> to be, you know, they can both be up, but they can't be right next to each other. Yes, I love having that. some kind of, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Cause everyone always asks me, you know, like with cat dog, okay. The cat can go up and the dog can't get there. But yeah. if you have cat cat conflicts, like everyone needs up spaces. So what do you do if they're not? Exactly. Wanting? Yeah. We added yeah. a lot in. And really it's really cute. Yeah. To see them just climbing up there. Love it. And size like I'm beating the odds. I'm mm-hmm. gotten so many, so much quality of life. Look at this. I'm oozing quality of yeah. life. Yeah. I wish I had those, um, the, like the wall um, shelves and ledges and beds sooner. I just, I never knew. Yeah. Learned about so, it when I uh, was about to integrate. It's <laughs> better, better late than never. Oh yeah. So, all right. So Fisher comes, no, you knew Fisher was coming because you were on a wait list for the uh-huh. puppy. Uh-huh. And so they were like, if litter is born. Yay. So you have like at least eight weeks to yes. <laughs> prepare. Um, so what did you do to prepare? Because puppies are fun projects in and of themselves. Um, not just (laughs) integrating with other animals. Absolutely. Walk us through that. So I set it up with, we had some extra baby gates, um, baby gate going into the kitchen. So I just didn't want him grabbing stuff in the kitchen, but also the cats will go in there and eat. So I didn't want them to have their food stolen. Um, baby gate going upstairs. The puppy can't go upstairs at all unless we're going up there with them. It's just not free access. Um, mm-hmm. Baby gate going to another room just so, again, so the cats have areas to escape. But the big thing was we got a crate and we also got a very sturdy X pen that we attached to the crate. So when 
Fisher might need a break or if he's just getting to be too much for the cast or anything like that, he, he doesn't have to be created, but he still has plenty of room to play and interact while giving the cats, you know, time to see what he's doing and decompress. Um, so they don't always have to, I didn't want the cast to feel that they couldn't just walk on the ground in their own house. I go into a lot Mm -hmm. of clients' houses where their pets, their cats or their dogs don't want to come off the couch because the puppy's down there. Puppy can't get on the couch, Mm -hmm. but they're on the floor and they're going to be chased or pestered if they're down there. So that was important. Shark teeth. It's like, you don't want to go into the water. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So at first, uh, and, and then we actually have another really flimsy X pen just blocking off the, the steps to the, um, we have custom made steps onto the couch for Jeter. So he doesn't fall off as he's going up and down them. Um, and I didn't want Fisher going on the couch at first, just because that's a safe place for, for Jeter and the cats today. He was on the couch. If you can relax up there. Great. If you're not relaxing and you're trying to play, you're off. Um, I have no problem <laughs> with the pets on, on the furniture, but this is their safe place to be. So we added that in too. So lots and lots of management. And when he walked in that door, so, he was on leash. Walked into the door of our home. So I want, I'm going to get, yeah, I'm going to get the link of that sturdy X pen from you yes. because I, uh-huh. so many people are like, <laughs> I need a sturdy X pen. All the other yeah. ones get Not the like, flimsy ones them. you can just knock into and like they, they change their shape just when you knock into it. Um, so I had right. seen it on Facebook some from other people. I'm like, where did you get that? And I was so excited. <laughs> so I will get you the link, definitely. Perfect. So the cats were interested in Fisher. So like, did they give him a wide berth? They gave him a, a wide berth. All my pets, they're all very nervous in general of new things. So Sai came, he was, he was a stray outside. So he was cautious. Uh, Nimbus was naturally cautious. Uh, Jeter as well. I mean, they were all just, they were strays. So I wanted to, so they weren't like, oh, I'm going to come in and pounce in. I knew they were going to walk into this thinking, I don't know about this versus, oh, hey, look, a friend. It's like, oh gosh, what is this thing? Um, So in a Especially with Jeter being blind and he's 12, I really am extra protective. I'm a helicopter mom. I'm going to admit that flat out, but I'm extra protective of him (laughs) because I, again, I work with so many clients because they want to make sure their dogs have that quality of life, which is amazing. And I wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure my dog has that quality of life too, where he's not getting pestered by this young pup who's going to want to play with him. And the pup has to understand he doesn't want to play. He's just indifferent. He doesn't care about other dogs. They're there. Whatever. I don't care. But he's not going to seek out play. So how do you, I mean, he, uh, Fisher is a golden retriever puppy, which if uh, he adheres to breed standard is Uh dopey and playful Uh and has lots of energy. 100% Um, correct. So so with it, Fisher. Yeah, are we fulfilling his needs, his social yes. needs? <laughs> and making sure I'm fulfilling everybody's needs because I have to get enrichment done with all four pets. Jeter goes to physical therapy every week. So making sure everyone gets what they need and I have to do his strengthening. Um, 
playdates, lots and lots of playdates for Fisher. Finding dogs, puppies and adult dogs that are appropriate and where he can be a dog and get that play out in a natural way. If he doesn't have anyone else to play with, I can't blame him for wanting to constantly try to play with the others. I mean, it's not fair to him to not have play friends to play with. Um, that is also where um, we do a lot of play with him. We do a lot of training with him, not just with not going after and trying to get the other pets, but also on other obedience and, and cooperative care and tons of other stuff. But the biggest thing and, and what I really, really like to teach the clients is just catch them being good. So mm-hmm. let's say that Fisher looked at the couch where Jeter was, hey, good boy, here's a treat for that. You didn't go up to the couch and try to jump on it and smack him with your paw, which you've tried before. Um, if the cat just jumped over the gate, oh my gosh, good boy. Let me give you lots of rewards for that. So just you're seeing things. I'm catching you before you do something that I don't want you to do. And I'm rewarding you heavily for it. So being very proactive Mm -hmm. and also teaching him what to do with the mat work and just disengaging from the cats and making sure he has the appropriate outlets so he doesn't feel the need to constantly go at them. It is a ton of work. It is very, it can be very tiring, but it is so worth it. Today I took a picture of, and it was not posed. I just posted before we jump on of Fisher on the couch laying next to Jeter and on the floor was Nimbus and Sai. And they were just all hanging out. It didn't last very long. Sai became, or Nimbus became very tempting. (laughs) But the fact that he could just relax next to Jeter and not have Jeter try to, uh, or not try to get Jeter to play and Jeter not being like, what are you doing here? And just relaxing. That was like, oh my goodness, yay. We're getting there. It's happening. It's glimpses like that where you're like, okay, we, we're we getting somewhere here. Absolutely. I love that. So you're, so you're starting to relax the management a little bit as uh-huh. he becomes more trustworthy. Uh-huh. Although for those of us in the know, puppies turn into adolescents. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so even when your puppy's like, look at me, I'm, I'm so calm. I'm like listening to you, mom, you're the best. I'll do whatever you want for a a little piece of kibble or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you have a plan for any adjustments you might need to make, uh, when he decides that he doesn't care what you say? (laughs) Oh, I'm honestly not looking forward to that age. (laughs) It's coming. Um, It's more of we're going to have to implement the management a bit more. So right now at night, I know if he has the zoomies, which he normally gets before bedtime, we are Mm -hmm. increasing that management where he's not, because I know he's going to see the cast and chase. So he might be on leash. Mm -hmm. He might be really distracting with a toy or he might be in his pen with us playing or something. So he cannot get to the cats. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's going to come down to, really continuing and having it probably take step backs in our training plan, things that he's progressed past Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. going back to the basics and really strengthening up those basics of mat work, of relaxing, of seeing the cats and getting rewarded heavily instead of chasing them. 
Whereas right now he can see them and just look away. So I'm pretty much planning to have to, to backtrack, which is the norm. And whatever yeah. comes up, I'm going to have to figure it out. <laughs> Problem solve as it comes. Cause I'm not sure what else he's going to be doing. Yeah. They're uh, mm-hmm. everyone's so surprised. Yeah. What, what happened to my beautiful puppy who was so good? Well, mm-hmm. he's still and in we're, there somewhere. We're working on getting some <laughs> into him now. I'm taking some online classes with him. He's my first performance puppy. So he, mm. I'm also going to be taking in-person performance classes with him, which is also going to help because I know the obedience is in, and the training is going to have to continue. And we're going to have to add some new stuff on to help him grow and to develop. But um, daily, we're doing a ton of work with him. And that ton of work is little bits here and there, a little bit of cooperative care activities, a little bit, like a few minutes here, a few minutes there. Um, it adds up to a lot over the day, but it's not, we don't sit down and do a half hour, 45 minute session. That's, that's not realistic. That's not the best for any animal. Um, it's those short sessions to build it up. And so making sure his needs are met is going to be a huge part of that adolescence. Yeah. So in terms of working with the cats, uh-huh. um, obviously you're training the puppy intense, pretty intensely. Um, but have you have, have you ever tried to train the cats to do any behaviors outside of, um, you know, conditioning them with the yeah. cookies? So what, what do Absolutely. your cats know how to do? And, and actually on top of it, anytime where Fisher, because again, no management plan is perfect. If he kind of overwhelms a cat or jumps on them or something or chases them, the cats instantly get treats for that. And they get special treats. Like, hey, that pesky behavior, good job. You got rewarded for that. Like when he does this stuff, it's a good thing. Um, but, uh, the cats, um, Cy knows more than Nimbus. Um, Cy knows paw. He knows paw for nail trims as well. He knows high five. He was, I did start him out on a bit of mat work, but then I didn't see the need to anymore. Cause he just naturally just, he doesn't bolt out the door, things like that. Um, Nimbus knows his carrier. He loves his, to go in his carrier and hang out. Uh, he loves his harness. When I originally got him, he was afraid of the sound of Velcro. And so it Velcro's on them and it's very loud. So I worked on that with him. I worked on loose leash walking so he could go outside with me. Um, now it's snowing here. He does not because I don't want to be out there. Um, <laughs> those are mainly the things that they, oh, they know stay. A Nimbus, again, not as well, <laughs> but they know stay pretty well and down actually. Yeah, I feel like it's one of the main themes that I always try to help people with is like there's certain behaviors that really make cat-dog specifically interactions easier if the cat can just go somewhere and stay there, (laughs) for example, (laughs) is uh, whether it's mat work or, you know, like full relaxation or just like Uh place for those two minutes that you're working the dog moving around or whatever um it's it's if you don't have as much control over the cat if they're not leash trained or whatever Mm -hmm. it's often one of the first things is just like can you go somewhere yeah when i ask and it's you know it comes (laughs) in the place of kind of like a management too so if you have a cat that Mm -hmm. you need to make sure isn't bolting and 
you know, chasing the dog out the door, then I might have you stay while we go out that door and then release you right. outside as we walk out. So it, it does really help to teach them the alternate behaviors. Um, side does also know a nose touch as well. Um, but my, my big thing I've always worked on is the harness, the leash and the mat. Um, mm. and disengaging and checking in with me for all of my pets because they've all needed that to integrate. So if you are working on disengagement and their default is to go to you or to look to you, and if they're having some kind of conflict (laughs) or tense interactions, you find that, uh, having them all be focused on the same spot you helps or is a little bit difficult it it's more that kind of fades out as they are integrated so if they are let's say like for example all right we're doing mat work uh we have fisher relaxing on his bed he was looking at Sai. And I'm working immediately on having the disengaging happen. I eventually, mm-hmm. it'll be ending up naturally looking at me, but eventually it's, I don't care where you disengaged to. You just look away. Hey, look, you looked at the ground. Here's rewards for that. So it mm-hmm. gets really relaxed as we go on and we add in rewarding them for mm-hmm. anything. Um, right. So they don't necessarily have to stay stuck to me because that's just not helpful. If I'm not around, what are we going to do? Right. <laughs> Same thing with what you were saying. Like we could start with mat work, but uh, you got to move past stationary. Yes. At some point. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. This is where sometimes I will put in like, rather than just going from mat to kind of free about mm-hmm. the space. Um, if they mm-hmm. need a split there, sometimes I'll use Super Bowls from mm-hmm. Leslie McDevitt's Control and yep. Leash, or I'll have like a few mats where it's really just like, okay, very controlled movement yes. um, will will help, especially if you have like a skittish cat or whatever, and yes. they, they just need to watch yes. the dog being mm-hmm. calm and not staring. Them yes. moving around and, and, and that staring is is a like you said a big part. Like I need you to first off, we're we're building the arousal if you're just sitting there staring at each other. Second, I don't want you to freak out the other pet. Um, but when right. I do have one pet moving, the other one is stationary before I have them both moving. Because I can't expect a, a, a right. dog or a puppy to be like, all right, the cat's moving and now I'm allowed to move. Like it's just way You've increased the the difficulty of that situation exponentially. I don't expect either pet to handle that well. So it's one's moving. They're both stationary. Then one's moving while the other's stationary, vice versa. And then eventually we start to mingle it. But as soon as we mingle them both moving in, we increase the distance from each other because we've made that activity so much harder. Mm -hmm. So distance is always, always your best friend for these kind of things. Yeah. Something that I have noticed, especially like if if the dog, for example, um, the cat has started to move and that is really, really difficult for mm-hmm. the dog, um, having them stay mm-hmm. on a mat is, is really hard <laughs> in that, right? So sometimes, um, you know, I'll 
have them, I'll be releasing them backwards. Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. um, instead of saying you need to stay no matter what, it's like, you're showing me that this is not true. This is not relaxation. This is like, I'm a spring, like ready to explode. So um, if you're not, if you're not stationary and relaxed, you're moving away. Yes. Yes. That's (laughs) because you don't want to build up the frustration of, Oh, I can't move. I can't move. And when I finally get the chance, I'm going. Um, so right. I will also do like parallel play where we'll do like, we'll have the baby mm-hmm. game up and then we'll have the cat playing with his toy on one side, the dog playing his toy on the other side or, or both cats or whatever it is, or both dogs and, um, not forcing them close together by placing the toys right up against the gate or placing the food right up against the gate. So there is that extra barrier right there where I might have them both unleashed too. And we have the gate up. So mm-hmm. as we add in the movement, we're still making them, helping them both feel safe. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't have to be, again, stationary. It can be really hard sometimes. Um, if they are stationary, yeah. I am, and really with any activity, when I make the activity a bit more difficult, I am increasing my rate of reinforcement. So extra play, mm-hmm. treats more quicker and more often, higher value treats because we've made it so much harder for them. Yeah. For sure. You got to pay accordingly. Mm-hmm. Pay him for the job. Definitely. <laughs> so you do work on cat dog integration cases. Yes. Um, so do you have any general advice for people who are thinking about adding another species to their homes? Yeah, definitely. Management. You always have to start with a really great management plan because if you don't have it, Someone's getting stressed and someone might be getting hurt. And it's not just always integration with animals that a, a lot of times the cases I end up coming into are we thought our dog was good with cats. It's not. And I think my cat right. might get eaten kind of a thing. Um, so ensuring that if you're not actively working with them, then they don't see each other. You can have two layers of safety. So there might be a baby gate so your dog can't get into a room and a door. If one fails, you have the other one. So also when that when you are working with them, you are actively working them at first. It's not just, all right, we're going to watch TV while they mingle. It's not going to work. You need to really mm-hmm. be proactive in what we're doing and, and have a real set out training plan in addition to your management plan. And then follow it and then critique it or, or tweak it as needed because things are going to change a little bit. Like that hissing at the door, didn't expect that when I, when Nimbus and Cy first uh, came into the house together. So I had to, I had to add an extra management. I also put a towel under the door so they couldn't smack each other through it. Yeah. <laughs> Play pauses, yes. if you will. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Although sometimes it's, not, it's not a game. No. Uh, <laughs> I see this clock coming out to investigate. I'm, I'm smacking you. I don't like you. So I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> Clawing each other's paws. That wouldn't help. Yeah. So do you, I mean, I think one of the reasons that you and I get hired is because <laughs> it is very difficult for pet parents who are struggling with this to come up with an appropriate plan. Absolutely. Um, there isn't a lot of information out there that kind of not. gives you a 
good sense of what to do with your specific animals. Like there's lots of general stuff. Um, I mean, I know I have certain types of plans, but is there, we have to be able to be tweaked. Right. And it's like, you don't know how to tweak it. If you don't know what you're doing in the first place, it's just, it's really difficult and they can get really overwhelming for people. I mean, they have, now they have multiple animals who have totally different needs. Um, So this is kind of a, just, this is a hard question. (laughs) Um, Besides for hire a trainer. Yeah. But there's also, you have to look at the the training methods that are going into it. So there's at Mm -hmm. never a point, like, let's say that, you know, Fisher chase Cy. Oh, good. Good job, Cy. Here's some treats for it. I'm not going to discipline Fisher. That's my fault. I did not set them up to succeed. Adding Mm -hmm. lots of positive reinforcement to create behaviors you want and good emotions with each other. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will say, oh, they'll just work it out themselves. The cat can run faster Mm -hmm. than the dog. I guarantee you, your dog can run fast enough to get your cat. And let's say that your dog isn't aggressive, but the cat is getting upset and we're getting smacked constantly. Um, Dog's getting smacked constantly. I expect a fight. And that's not fair to either of them. Or it's they'll work it out. The dog's not really good with cats. It's okay. Your dog can get your cat at some point. There's, it's, and it's, your cat has no way to protect themselves against a dog. It's just, it's not going to, your, your cat's going to lose, unfortunately, especially if it's a bigger dog. So making yeah. sure that when you hire somebody out and you're looking for, for support, you're not, at no point is that we'll just let them work it out and see how it goes. Because you're just setting your unfortunate yourself and your pets up for failure on that. And whether it's dog to dog, cat to dog, yeah. cat to cat, cat to fish. Yeah, I wish I wish people knew that a lot of the like cat dog things, especially that they're seeing that look fine, quote unquote mm-hmm. fine. No, they're uh, not not they're not killing each other, but they're not. Not happy, happy. right? There, there's some stress going on there. Um, And I wish people were better able to recognize that and Mm -hmm. be more proactive about trying to get help for that. And I give people so much credit when they reach out and do that. Like, I don't know if this is going right or just because, gosh, quality of life is just so important for everyone. Um, I know a lot of people say, Mm -hmm. well, my cats don't come downstairs anymore until the dog's in the crate at night. like, Okay, but is your cat happy? Right. You know, it's, it's, did your cat used to come down and snuggle on the couch and all the time? Oh, yeah, I used to before the dog. I'm like, cat's not getting attacked, but is it happy in its home right now? So for me, right. that needs to be worked on. Yeah. And it, and what I, I will say, right, that like it doesn't have to be that the animal's behavior goes completely back to what it was before the other animal came. I mean, like that's, that would be an unrealistic expectation. Like when you add another being to your house, your behavior is going to change in some way, but making sure that they're getting what they need, even though there's another being. Absolutely. um, Is it's the crux, right? Like Making sure right now that, I mean, our, our attention is focused so much on the puppy that mm-hmm. I am giving each one of my pets, the, the three of them, their quality of time together with, with me. 
And so, especially at mm-hmm. night, um, I'll, I'll have the puppy stays in his crate at night. Um, Jeter, he's, he comes on the bed with me and we snuggle and we just get lots of extra loving time and things like that. Um, he can't stay on my bed because he's again, being blind. He's, it's just too dangerous, um, with him falling off and hurting himself being a small dog. So I make sure he gets that one-on-one special time. We do special enrichment activities together uh, during the day when without the puppy Uh, and the cats too. Mm -hmm. So making sure that they're all getting that equal and I'm not taken away from all the other pets. So it is extra on my part, but it's worth it to me. Yeah. It's really coming up with a routine and sticking to it is really helpful. Um, You know, I, I have people write things out, you know, mm-hmm. like this is when, <laughs> yes. this is when I'm going to play with the cat. Um, this is what I'm going to do, you know, different enrichment opportunities and cycle through them. Um, and, and honestly, the fish tanks are absolutely enrichment for my cats as well, but it's not enrichment. We're going to sit there and we're going to scare the fish. <laughs> so that had to be integrated into of, of teaching the cats what to do, but making sure that they have a ride in their lives and, enjoyable for me yeah exactly my so speaking of enrichment this is actually a perfect ending because my dog is digging into a bag um and making a ton of noise (laughs) he's like i'm bored you've been on zoom all day yes lady so I'm going to go meet his needs. Um, but I'm about to go and do some work with Fisher. He needs it. <laughs> so, so Tori, if people want to get in touch with you, um, ask you some questions, then what's the best way to get in touch? If you go to callingalldogsny.com, um, NY as in New York, you can jump on there. There's a blog. There's You can get my email, my number, and there's actually a form where you can sign up for a free phone consult. Um, where I can jump on the phone and help you out with some of the concerns that you have with your, your pets. Thank you so much for coming, Tori. And thank you all so much for listening. And if this episode helped you feel less alone in your struggles with your cats and dogs, please rate review and subscribe to the podcast uh, (laughs) on your favorite podcast app. Your support helps other people find this show and get access to cat and dog specific content. Like we said, there isn't really that much out there. So you can also follow me on Instagram at Praiseworthy Pets. I would love to hear your suggestions for who I should interview next. And if your pets are not getting along and you want to improve their relationship, but you don't know how to do it, I am opening up new course and new programs in uh, early 2022, which is now soon. (laughs) That will take you step by step through the process from establishing your management plan to training core behaviors and creating setups that will take your pets from cranky to coexisting. So go to praiseworthypets.com slash course to get on the wait list. And that is all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. Thank you.